listening to faith under construct with pastor g good morning good resurrection morning we call it easter sunday this is our special rendition of get up with faith <laughs> not really uh with faith under construction <laughs> that was tony lee get up with faith every day um i like that song a lot especially for the podcast um and it's a really good friend of mine. He lets me use the song, so I appreciate him for that. So here it is. Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> we are we are getting ready to dive into what I want to talk about this Sunday morning. It's a special edition of Faith on the Construction. And we're going to be talking about the resurrection. Um, I got a topic, and my topic is... It wasn't designed for you. It wasn't designed for you. It wasn't designed for you. It wasn't designed to keep you. But you got to get out of there. So we're talking about Jesus Christ. You know, 
this weekend, this week, you know, they call it High Holy Week, and everybody was reciting the uh, seven last sayings of Christ. You know, today you built me in paradise. Father, forgive them. They know not what to do. Mother, behold thy son. Son, behold thy mother. It is finished. I thirst. Father, into thy hands. And all these beautiful sayings that we have come to love in our lifetime. But I'd like to just draw our attention really quickly to the Gospel of Luke, starting at the 50th verse, going all the way down to the 56th verse. It says, and now I'm reading from the NIV version. Uh, King James Version may say it differently, but I like the uh, New Living Translation, NIV. Okay, now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man who had not consented to their to their decision excuse me i lost my place to their decision and action he came from the judea town of arameatha and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of god going to pilate he asked for jesus body then he took it down wrapped it in linen cloth and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock one which and one which one no one had yet been laid it was preparation day and the sabbath was about to begin the women who had came with jesus from galilee followed joseph and saw the tomb and how he his body was laid in it then they went home and prepared spices perfumes but they rest on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. So if you guys would just give me a few seconds. Uh, I heard it said I only have enough time to make a sandwich. I wish I could speak a meal, but uh, nevertheless. So here it is. Um, my, um, my take on this. I want to talk about five five different individuals five different men the first man i want to talk about is pilate we know that pilate um was the guy that had the authority um he had the authority to exonerate jesus give him make him free or to sentence jesus to death and you know, Pilate had an attitude that he wanted to get he wanted to get rid of this issue quickly. He didn't want he didn't want um, this thing to linger long. He didn't want to have uh, Jesus in his presence or in his way for so long. He wanted to try to get rid of this matter and make it a local matter. But when you are in charge. You, you can't simply just pass off your responsibilities. You have people like that. You know, it's good being in charge when things are okay. They have no problem when, you know, it's easy work or when it's something that, that's in the scope of their their knowledge or their they can draw from a well of information. They have advisors. These things, people like Pilot, you know, they 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 kind of are just this figurehead 
for for themselves and their egos being stroked when things are going easy because it's 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 you know it's a beautiful thing to be able to run things when there's no serious issues that are arising and that's what Pilate was trying to do he was trying to get rid of Jesus quickly and easily as possible he wanted to get him out of there but you can't avoid making decisions being in charge of things being ahead of a thing you can't avoid making decisions you know he he was supposed to be the governor or the lord of that community that town that's why the Jews brought him to Pilate and you got people like the Jews you know they they don't want to make a decision they want to say you know the government this person that person the devil whoever anybody outside of me is responsible for me and they're making this decision and so i'm just i'm just going with this decision because i have no other choice and those kind of people are dangerous as well because they are people what the bible says a double-minded man what is unstable in all his ways you know how to make just decisions, make accurate decisions, and think for yourself. I, as a saying that I come to adapt is that you better use your mind because if you don't use your mind, somebody else will use your mind. And you don't want somebody else using your mind. You don't want the preacher using your mind. You don't want the teacher using your mind. You want you using your mind and the God that created you, the God within you, to be using your mind. You want to ignite the God consciousness, the God spirit inside of you, the love of God in you to awaken you, teach you, guide you, and don't be like these Jews bringing some, bringing your problem, bringing something you created to to somebody else to try to solve. And that's what Pilate's problem was. He was like, "This is this is something for y'all to deal with." But no, brother, you are in charge. And so when you're in charge, you can't pass the buck. You can't play the blame game. We saw that all the way in Genesis, you know, passing the buck, trying to find out who was in trouble and who was in, uh, uh, responsible. But ultimately, everybody was responsible. That's the key. You know, we all have to take our portion of what where it's going on in our life and man the helm of our ship called our life, our body and our mind and drive into the right directions. And Pilate was trying to get rid of this. So guess what he did and try to get rid of this thing as quickly and fast as possible, he condemned an innocent man. He condemned him and he and he put him in a place that he did not need to be. Uh, uh, Pilate was, you know, like I said, washing his hands real quick. I want to wash my hands. I want to do the symbolism thing, but I don't want to do the work. How many of us go about doing symbolisms, do doing things for the proper circumstance, doing things that are, just simply uh, 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 for the outward appearance, but inwardly we're, we're, we're ravished, you know, we're tormented, we're, we're, we're feeling guilty, we're feeling let down. We're not doing, we're not doing the real work. We are just simply uh, um, going through the emotions for, you know, the effect of looking like we're doing the work. And, and Pilate didn't want to do the real investigation. He didn't go down and really do his due diligence he just get rid of it you know he made friends when you when you when you don't when you avoid making decisions you make the wrong decisions and you make the wrong type of friends he made friends with the wicked man <laughs> he, he he made the wrong type of friendship 
let loose a crazy man, a person that needed more help, a person that needed some more development. So that's the first person. Then we're talking about Herod, kind of person that is loopy, you know, carefree, a free spirit, you know, no structure. You got to understand things need structure. Things, things can't just be, you know, oh, I just free and free love. We need structure. Now, structure can come in many, many ways. We can have a long debate, a discussion, rather, about it. But when you look at Herod, Herod had no, no discipline. He had no structure. He just wanted Jesus to show me a miracle, like a child. I need to see magic. I want to see how you do it. What, what's the secret sauce? You got some people like that. They don't, they don't want to do the work. But once again, don't want to do the work. They just want the result. I want to see the magic. So Jesus didn't speak or perform any miracles. So Herod got rid of him. Get out of here. Go back. See, that's what Pilate did. Pilate passed the buck. And that person said, oh, well, we're going, we going, um, we going back. We're going back um, to, to, to where we came from because Herod didn't, Herod didn't get his results. He didn't get what he wanted. Then you got a Barabbas. I like to say we are all a Barabbas. <laughs> but Barabbas deserved the treatment that Jesus got, according to what they called this man. He was a murderer. He was a crazy person. He did all these different things in society that society should have rewarded him punishment. Because every action have an equal and opposite reaction. You know, you throw something up, it's going to come down. You shoot a gun, a bullet will come out that gun. You, it's going to be a reaction. So you deserve what you get when you do crazy stuff. You know, uh, uh, and Barabbas deserved everything that was going to come to him. But what happened? Bar Barabbas was set free. Because why? Jesus. Barabbas was set free because of Jesus. Jesus took his place. And I'm telling all of us that Jesus took our place. We don't have to be guilty of our past, our present, or our future. The things that come, the things that was, and the things that may never be. We don't have to worry about those things because Jesus took our place. We all have a Barabbas. We all are part of that Barabbas culture where Things, things, things came in our life, and some of us escaped because somebody took our place. And I'm telling you right here that this third man we're talking about, we done talked about Pilate, we done talked about Herod, now we're talking about Barabbas. And Barabbas deserved to die according to the law, according to what was supposed to happen. If you murder somebody, you're supposed to get life. And if you if the law don't catch you and the laws of the street get you and you get murked, well then that's what you get. Because you ain't supposed to take nobody's life. That's what Jesus said. He said, do unto others as you will have them do unto you. And I don't want nobody killing me. I ain't gonna rob nobody. I ain't gonna kill nobody because I don't want nobody robbing or killing me. But I'm gonna show love and compassion because I want love and compassion in my life. Jesus took his pace on Calvary. Jesus didn't look for Barabbas to, to do all these extra things that we are taught to do and follow him and go crazy. Barabbas took the blessing and kept on going. Now, some people may debate and say, 
Well, he went back to being a killer. We don't know what that man went back to be. But I come to tell you this, when Jesus take your place, it is the freedom that he gives you to go and discover a brand new life, a brand new way, because you have a brand new opportunity before you where you was looking at damnation and condemnation and, 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 and prison and death and, and torment. Now I'm free. Thank you, Lord. Well, here's the fourth man I want to talk about, the thief. <laughs> that thief spoke to Jesus, and, and he said to Jesus, he said, save me. Other thief said, Lord, just remember me. Now, let's talk about this. Once again, these two thieves, one just wanted to, Get a Barabbas experience. This is what we got to talk about maturity, right? The one just said, hey, if you're the Lord, just get us out of here. What are you talking about? The other one was like, look, I, I understand that I did all that I'm being accused of. See? And I'm not trying to just get out. But I, I, I want to be able to let you know, I know I deserve this. And just remember me as I'm being, being tortured right now. I'm going to get my just reward for all I did. But please just remember me. Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Sometimes you're going to have to go through. This is why I pray, God, help me sustain my harvest. Because the Bible teaches us that harvest time will come. So what that means, he's, when you plant something in the ground, it's going to grow. Sometimes it will, sometimes it won't. And that's just how it is with life. Sometimes you'll live life and you'll have people that be corrupt, still lie, and all this kind of stuff. And maybe those seeds was dead when they was planting it. And it didn't grow. And sometimes it's growing and, they, and they're dealing with whatever they're dealing with. But it ain't for us to know. We have a thing where we want to know that somebody is being punished or hurt or put down. And it's not our business. But guess what happened? That man, Jesus said to that man, not remember, I'll remember you. Today you'll be in man paradise. Now that other guy, he, he got saved too. Because why? Jesus came to die for the sins of the world. You see? And so, don't take it as, I got to be all these things. Take it as, Jesus did it. Take it as, change your mentality. Change your stinking thinking. We have to understand that that thief, that Jesus told him, today you'll be in paradise. Meaning that you, you're going to skip the line. Last should be first, first should be last. So, I want you to come on. You coming with me. And you, I'm saving you too. Because you don't have no idea what is going on. You got some people that don't, they low information. They don't want to know all the details. They just want to be included. Last man we'll talk about, we read about him in Luke, is Joseph. Joseph was a great man. The Bible told us that he was a part of the council, but he didn't agree with their decision. You got some people that are part of some cultural norms and some religious norms and some religious institutions that don't agree with all the things that are being taught, said, and done. And that's what Joseph represented. He said, I'm not in agreement with nothing that has been said or done. I myself am waiting for the kingdom of God. I myself am waiting for the Messiah. And I find no fault in this man with you. And I'm asking you, Pilate, to please give me his body back, wrapped it in that linen, and put it, we like to say old school church, 
and a borrowed tune. Put it in that tune. It said nobody's been laid there. So this is a this is a freshly carved out sepulcher for Jesus's body to go in. And even though it was laid up for him, designed for somebody else, it was made for dead people. I come to let you know Jesus ain't dead. He's alive and well. It was designed for you. It was designed to, to hold you, but it can't hold you. It can't hold you. He, Jesus resurrected out of that thing and cut out. They went there in the morning looking with all that herbs and spices they had to, to come and do a ritual. And Jesus wasn't there. I come to let you know he's resurrected. He is alive. And he's trying to resurrect us in this new age of church consciousness and awareness. We're coming to Jesus with our rituals. Those women was coming to Jesus with a ritual. But Jesus wasn't there. Because you, you're, you're scoping something for me that was never meant to fit me. This was not meant to hold me. This, this way of thinking is not the only way of thinking. This way of doing is not the only way of doing. Jesus said, this cannot hold me. You coming to me with these, these rituals, the spices, the nerves to anoint my physical body, but I'm, I, I, I escaped. I risen. I have reunited myself out of this situation. I have resurrected. I'm no longer dead. I'm alive. I'm no longer bound by what bound me. I am now alive. I'm stretched out. I am new. I am re uh, uh, evented. I'm rejuvenated. I am alive i come to let you know jesus come to resurrect in you that what you thought is dead he come to inspire you to do that which you thought you couldn't do to come out of that culture of conforming to something you joseph did not believe in the decision that the council made he was a good upright man he did not believe in what the jews did I come to let you know, just because you are connected to something, don't be ashamed or be afraid to disengage, to step out on something brand new and be thought crazy or to be thought, you know, you know, whatever. But trust that God instinct inside of you and launch yourself out into the new. And God will help you, sell you and direct you in which way you should go in him. Making a real relationship, making real connections, making real change in your life and in the life of those that you love. Jesus did not come just for us that believe in him, but he came for the whole entire world. And it is our job to represent a true Jesus, a true God that came to die for the sins of the world and to show his love. Not his hate or what we dub it. Because when I read this sermon that Jesus talked about, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. Look what he said. Look what he said in John 3, 14 and 15. He says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. I come to let you know, 
this is not only saying believe in him as we just accept him and believe in him, but those that are already of the faith should be saved and have eternal life, and that everybody else has eternal life. We have to we have to show it to them. Just just see it, know it. That's what he did on Calvary. He was raised up out of that grave, raised up on that cross. And when he was raised up, everything that was sinful, everything that was damning, everything that was deceitful, everything that was vile and de degraded was taken down because he was up. And I come to let you know, keep Jesus up in your life that you may be up. He come to resurrect you out of your self-doubt, self-hate, the negative opinions of others, the fear of failure, the fear of being a loner. He come to resurrect you. He come to show you that I am no longer dead. I am alive. And now you wake up to my wake up to my consciousness. Wake up to my spirit. Wake up to who I am in your life. Believe in me. Know that I'm here. Know that I'm available. And choosing you this day. Who shall you serve? Because why? I'm no longer dead. I'm alive. Like I said, I would be. I'm resurrected. What does that mean? I'm no longer in the shape. They put them in that tomb. It was designed for a body. A design for a human. But it could not contain God. And we do that with God. We put him in this confined space that we can understand him. And God's saying, I'm glad you had to construct something for me. And you and you and you wanted to house me. But I'm too big to house. That was the problem they had in the wilderness. They said, What tent can we put God? We can't put God. Because God said, I'm too big. You're trying to understand me on your level. And as long as you try to understand me on your level, you ain't gonna never get the true essence of me. Let me loose, set me free, let me resurrect, let me be God, and you be man. And understand that I am no longer dead, but I am alive. And I come to wake up those things inside of you that you thought was dead. I come to wake up those things inside of you that you thought you couldn't achieve, you couldn't make it to college, you couldn't pass that grade, you couldn't pass this test, you couldn't get that position, you couldn't go. Because I am who I am, and I can empower you to be. Who you need to be. God bless you. You've been listening to Face Under Construction with Pastor G. I love each and every one of you with the love of God. Be your best self. God bless you. You are listening to Faith Under Construct with Pastor G. Listen, listen. I know it's been hard. I know you've been hurting. But it's going to be all right, y'all. Because God says so. Let's go. Let 
listening to faith under construct with pastor g good morning good resurrection morning we call it easter sunday this is our special rendition of get up with faith <laughs> not really uh with faith under construction <laughs> that was tony lee get up with faith every day um i like that song a lot especially for the podcast um and it's a really good friend of mine. He lets me use the song, so I appreciate him for that. So here it is. Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> we are we are getting ready to dive into what I want to talk about this Sunday morning. It's a special edition of Faith on the Construction. And we're going to be talking about the resurrection. Um, I got a topic, and my topic is... It wasn't designed for you. It wasn't designed for you. It wasn't designed for you. It wasn't designed to keep you. But you got to get out of there. So we're talking about Jesus Christ, you know, this weekend, this week, you know, we call it High Holy Week. And everybody was reciting the uh, seven last sayings of Christ, you know. Today you built me in paradise. Father, forgive them. They know not what to do. Mother, behold thy son. Son, behold thy mother. It is finished. I thirst. Father, into thy hands. And all these beautiful sayings that we have come to love in our lifetime. 
But I'd like to just draw our attention really quickly to the Gospel of Luke, starting at the 50th verse, going all the way down to the 56th verse. It says, and now I'm reading from the NIV version. Uh, King James Version may say it differently, but I like the uh, New Living Translation, NIV. Okay, now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man who had not consented to their to their decision excuse me i lost my place to their decision and action he came from the judaic town of arameatha and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of god going to pilate he asked for jesus body then he took it down wrapped it in linen cloth and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock one which and one which one no one had yet been laid it was preparation day and the sabbath was about to begin the women who had came with jesus from galilee followed joseph and saw the tomb and how he his body was laid in it then they went home and prepared spices perfumes but they rest on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. So if you guys would just give me a few seconds. Uh, I heard it said I only have enough time to make a sandwich. I wish I could speak a meal, but uh, nevertheless. So here it is. Um, my, um, my take on this. I want to talk about five five different individuals five different men the first man i want to talk about is pilate we know that pilate um was the guy that had the authority um he had the authority to exonerate jesus give him make him free or to sentence jesus to death and you know, Pilate had an attitude that he wanted to get he wanted to get rid of this issue quickly. He didn't want he didn't want um this thing to linger long. He didn't want to have uh Jesus in his presence or in his way for so long. He wanted to try to get rid of this matter and make it a local matter. But when you are in charge you, you can't simply just pass off your responsibilities. You have people like that. You know, it's good being in charge when things are okay. They have no problem when, you know, it's easy work or when it's something that, that's in the scope of their their knowledge or their they can draw from a well of information. They have advisors. These things, people like Pilot, you know, they 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 kind of are just this figurehead for for themselves and their egos being stroked when things are going easy because it's 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 you know it's a beautiful thing to be able to run things when there's no serious issues that are arising and that's what Pilate was trying to do he was trying to get rid of Jesus quickly and easily as possible he wanted to get him out of there but you can't avoid making decisions. Being in charge of things, being ahead of a thing, 
you can't avoid making decisions. You know, he he was supposed to be the governor or the lord of that community, that town. That's why the Jews brought him to Pilate. And you got people like the Jews. You know, they they don't want to make a decision. They want to say, you know, the government, this person, that person, the devil, whoever, anybody outside of me is responsible for me. And they're making this decision. And so I'm just I'm just going with this decision because I have no other choice. And those kind of people are dangerous as well because they are people what the Bible says, a double-minded man, what is unstable in all his ways. You know how to make just decisions, make accurate decisions, and think for yourself. I, that's a saying that I come to adapt is that you better use your mind because if you don't use your mind, somebody else will use your mind. And you don't want somebody else using your mind. You don't want the preacher using your mind. You don't want the teacher using your mind. You want you using your mind. And the God that created you, the God within you, to be using your mind. You want to ignite the God consciousness, the God spirit inside of you, the love of God in you to awaken you, teach you, guide you, and don't be like these Jews bringing some, bringing your problem, bringing something you created to, to somebody else to try to solve. And that's what Pilate's problem was. He was like, this is, this is something for y'all to deal with. But no, brother, you are in charge. And so when you're in charge, you can't pass the buck. You can't play the blame game. We saw that all the way in Genesis, you know, passing the buck, trying to find out who was in trouble and who was in, uh, uh, responsible. But ultimately, everybody was responsible. That's the key. You know, we all have to take our portion of what where it's going on in our life and man the helm of our ship called our life, our body, and our mind and drive into the right directions. And Pilate was trying to get rid of this. So guess what he did? And try to get rid of this thing as quickly and fast as possible. He condemned an innocent man. He condemned him and he and he put him in a place that he did not need to be. Uh, uh, Pilate was, you know, like I said, washing his hands real quick. I'm going to wash my hands. I want to do the symbolism thing, but I don't want to do the work. How many of us go about doing symbolisms, do doing things for the proper circumstance, doing things that are just simply uh, 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 for the outward appearance, but inwardly we're, we're, we're ravished, you know, we're tormented, we're, we're, we're feeling guilty, we're feeling let down, we're not doing, we're not doing the real work, we are just simply uh, um, going through the motions for you know, the effect of looking like we're doing the work. And and Pilate didn't want to do the real investigation. He didn't go down and really do his due diligence. He just get rid of it, you know. He made friends. When you when you when you don't when you avoid making decisions, you make the wrong decisions and you make the wrong type of friends. He made friends with the wicked man. <laughs> he 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 made the wrong type of friendship. Let loose a crazy man. A person that needed more help, person that needed some more development. So that's the first person. Then we're talking about Herod, kind of person that is loopy, you know, carefree, a free spirit, you know, no structure. You got to understand things need structure. Things, things can't just be, you know, oh, I just free and free love. 
we need structure. Now, structure can come in many, many ways. We can have a long debate, a discussion, rather, about it. But when you look at Herod, Herod had no, no discipline. He had no structure. He just wanted Jesus to show me a miracle, like a child. I need to see magic. I want to see how you do it. What, what's the secret sauce? You got some people like that. They don't, they don't want to do the work. Once again, don't want to do the work. They just want the result. I want to see the magic. So Jesus didn't speak or perform any miracles. So Herod got rid of him. Get out of here. Go back. See, that's what Pilate did. Pilate passed the buck. And that person said, oh, well, we're going, we going, uh, we going back. We're going back um, to, to, to where we came from because Herod didn't, Herod didn't get his results. He didn't get what he wanted. Then you got a Barabbas. I like to say we are all a Barabbas. <laughs> but Barabbas deserved the treatment that Jesus got, according to what they called this man. He was a murderer. He was a crazy person. He did all these different things in society that society should have rewarded him punishment. Because every action have an equal and opposite reaction. You know, you throw something up, it's going to come down. You shoot a gun, a bullet will come out that gun. You, it's going to be a reaction. So you deserve what you get when you do crazy stuff. You know, uh, uh, and Barabbas deserved everything that was going to come to him. But what happened? Bar Barabbas was set free. Because why? Jesus. Barabbas was set free because of Jesus. Jesus took his place. And I'm telling all of us that Jesus took our place. We don't have to be guilty of our past, our present, or our future. The things that come, the things that was, and things that may never be. We don't have to worry about those things because Jesus took our place. We all have a Barabbas. We all are part of that Barabbas culture where Things, things, things came in our life, and some of us escaped because somebody took our place. And I'm telling you right here that this third man we're talking about, we done talked about Pilate, we done talked about Herod, now we're talking about Barabbas. And B Barabbas deserved to die according to the law, according to what was supposed to happen. If you murder somebody, you're supposed to get life. And if you if the law don't catch you and the laws of the street get you and you get murked, well then that's what you get. Because you ain't supposed to take nobody's life. That's what Jesus said. He said, do unto others as you will have them do unto you. And I don't want nobody killing me. I ain't gonna rob nobody. I ain't gonna kill nobody because I don't want nobody robbing or killing me. But I'm gonna show love and compassion because I want love and compassion in my life. Jesus took his pace on Calvary. Jesus didn't look for Barabbas to, to do all these extra things that we are taught to do and follow him and go crazy. Barabbas took the blessing and kept on going. Now, some people may debate and say, well, he went back to being a killer. We don't know what that man went back to be. But I come to tell you this, when Jesus take your place, it is the freedom that he gives you to go and discover a brand new life, a brand new way, because you have a brand new opportunity before you where you was looking at damnation and condemnation and, 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 and prison and death and, and torment, now I'm free. Thank you, Lord.
Well, here's the fourth man I want to talk about. The thief. <laughs> that thief spoke to Jesus. And, and he said to Jesus, he said, save me. Other thief said, Lord, just remember me. Now, let's talk about this. Once again, these two thieves, one just wanted to get a Barabbas experience. This is what we got to talk about maturity, right? The one just said, hey, if you're the Lord, just get us out of here. What are you talking about? The other one was like, look, I, I understand that I did all that I'm being accused of. See, and I'm not trying to just get out, but I, I, I want to be able to let you know. I know I deserve this. And just remember me as I'm being being tortured right now. I'm going to get my just reward for all I did. But please just remember me. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Sometimes we're going to have to go through. This is why I pray, God, help me sustain my harvest. Because the Bible teaches us that harvest time will come. So what that means, he's, when you plant something in the ground, it's going to grow. Sometimes it will, sometimes it won't. And that's just how it is with life. Sometimes you'll live life and you'll have people that be corrupt, still lying, all this kind of stuff. And maybe those seeds was dead when they was planting it. And it didn't grow. And sometimes it's growing and, they, and they're dealing with whatever they're dealing with, but it ain't for us to know. We have a thing where we want to know that somebody is being punished or hurt or put down. And it's not our business. But guess what happened? That man, Jesus said to that man, nothing. Remember, I'll remember you. Today you'll be in man paradise. Now that other guy, he, he got saved too. Because why? Jesus came to die for the sins of the world. You see? And so, don't take it as, I got to be all these things. Take it as Jesus did it. Take it as, change your mentality. Change your stinking thinking. We have to understand that that thief that Jesus told him, Today you'll be in paradise, meaning that you, you're going to skip the line. Last should be first, first should be last. So I want you to come on. You coming with me. And you, I'm saving you too because you don't have no idea what is going on. You got some people that don't, they low information. They don't want to know all the details. They just want to be included. Last man we'll talk about, we read about him in Luke, is Joseph. Joseph was a great man. The Bible told us that he was a part of the council, but he didn't agree with their decision. You got some people that are part of some cultural norms and some religious norms and some religious institutions that don't agree with all the things that are being taught, said, and done. And that's what Joseph represented. He said, I'm not in agreement with nothing that has been said or done. I myself am waiting for the kingdom of God. I myself am waiting for the Messiah. And I find no fault in this man with you. And I'm asking you, Pilate, to please give me his body back. Wrapped it in that linen. And put it, we like to say old school church, in a borrowed tomb. Put it in that tomb. They said nobody's been laid there. So this is a this is a freshly carved out sepulcher for Jesus' body to go in. And even though it was laid up for him, designed for somebody else, it was made for dead people. 
I come to let you know Jesus ain't dead. He's alive and well. It was designed for you. It was designed to, to hold you, but it can't hold you. It can't hold you. He, Jesus resurrected out of that thing and cut out. They went there in the morning looking with all that herbs and spices they had to, to come and do a ritual. And Jesus wasn't there. I come to let you know he's resurrected. He is alive. And he's trying to resurrect us in this new age of church consciousness and awareness. We're coming to Jesus with our rituals. Those women was coming to Jesus with a ritual. But Jesus wasn't there. Because you, you're, you're scoping something for me that was never meant to fit me. This was not meant to hold me. This, this way of thinking is not the only way of thinking. This way of doing is not the only way of doing. Jesus said, this cannot hold me. You coming to me with these, these rituals, the spices, the nerves to anoint my physical body, but I'm, I, I, I escaped. I risen. I have reunited myself out of this situation. I have resurrected. I'm no longer dead. I'm alive. I'm no longer bound by what bound me. I am now alive. I'm stretched out. I am new. I am re uh, uh, evented. I'm rejuvenated. I am alive. I come to let you know Jesus come to resurrect in you that what you thought is dead. He come to inspire you to do that which you thought you couldn't do. To come out of that culture of conforming to something. You, Joseph did not believe in the decision that the council made. He was a good and upright man. He did not believe in what the Jews did. I come to let you know, just because you are connected to something, don't be ashamed or be afraid to disengage, to step out on something brand new and be thought crazy or to be thought, you know, you know, whatever. But trust the God instinct inside of you and launch yourself out into the new. And God will help you, sell you and direct you in which way you should go in him. Making a real relationship, making real connections, making real change in your life and in the life of those that you love. Jesus did not come just for us that believe in him, but he came for the whole entire world. And it is our job to represent a true Jesus, a true God that came to die for the sins of the world and to show his love. Not his hate or what we dub it. Because when I read this sermon that Jesus talked about, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. Look what he said. Look what he said in John 3, 14 and 15. He says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. I come to let you know, this not only saying believe in him as we just accept him and believe in him, but those that are already of the faith should be saved and have eternal life and that everybody else has eternal life. We have to, we have to show it to them. Just, just see it. Know it. That's what he did on Calvary. He was raised up out of that grave, raised up on that cross 
And when he was raised up, everything that was sinful, everything that was damning, everything that was deceitful, everything that was vile and de degraded was taken down because he was up. And I come to let you know, keep Jesus up in your life that you may be up. He come to resurrect you out of your self-doubt, self-hate, the negative opinions of others, the fear of failure, the fear of being a loner. He come to resurrect you. He come to show you that I am no longer dead. I am alive. And now you wake up to my wake up to my consciousness, wake up to my spirit, wake up to who I am in your life. Believe in me, know that I'm here, know that I'm available, and choosing you this day, who shall you serve? Because why I'm no longer dead, I'm alive, like I said I would be. I've resurrected. What does that mean? I'm no longer in the shape. They put him in that tomb. It was designed for a body, a design for a human, but it could not contain God. And we do that with God. We put him in this confined space that we can understand him. And God's saying, I, that, I'm glad you had to construct something for me and you, and, you, and you wanted to house me, but I'm too big to house. That was the problem they had in the wilderness. They said, what tent can we put God? We can't put God because God said, I'm too big. You're trying to understand me on your level. And as long as you're trying to understand me on your level, you ain't going to never get the true essence of me. Let me loose. Set me free. Let me resurrect. Let me be God. And you be man. And understand that I am no longer dead, but I am alive. And I come to wake up those things inside of you that you thought was dead. I come to wake up those things inside of you that you thought you couldn't achieve. You couldn't make it to college. You couldn't pass that grade. You couldn't pass this test you couldn't get that position you couldn't go because i am who i am and i can empower you to be who you need to be god bless you you've been listening to face under construction with pastor g i love each and every one of you with the love of god be your best self god bless you You are listening to Faith Under Construct with Pastor G.